Hello. Hello. Hi, Caleb. Welcome back. Thank, um, thank you for welcoming welcoming us into Eric's house. Yeah, thanks for being here, guys. You really botched that welcome, Jerry. <laughs> Glad you could be Sorry. here. Uh, the first episode of <laughs> Sorry, I took a nap today. <laughs> round three. Yes. Does it feel like it's round three? That feels like ages that ago. That is ages ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But That's no, crazy. here we are. Here we are. Here um, we are. I am very excited. Oh. <clears throat> About this, uh, this is my pick, first pick. Even though we are in a new era, we are uh, yep. still continuing Spooktober. I'm mm-hmm. freaking out. And over here. I, I'm out. I was like, what do I go with? Do I go with something fun? Mm. Yes. Do I go with something actually kind of spooky? Do Ooh, I yeah, go also. with? I, I watched Cure recently, oh, yes. so that's off the table. But I'm like, do I go with Pulse now? Mm, Pulse. Do I mm. do I go fun? Do I do another you know double double toil and trouble? Oh, we love that. Hell like no. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, I think <laughs> what I ultimately came down to was mm. something that is still fun mm. and spooky. He's bridging the and gap. And this is... Um, ooh, it, Any it's, hints it, that you it can is, give us? It is a, a found footage style movie. Blair Witch oh, Project. okay. Oh! Oh! It is 2015. Yes! M. Night Shyamalan's The Visit. I am so excited. The yes. visit? Have you seen the visit? The visit. No. Oh man, you're ready. Get ready oh, for man. this. M Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. M. How have you not heard of this? Shyamalan. Why? Amazing. Yeah, uh, I am very excited. I have not seen it. I kind of know about wow. it, but I've wanted to see it for a while. So yeah, okay. I am you're gonna. I think you're gonna. I think you both are gonna enjoy this. Yeah. <laughs> Can't wait. Yeah, this is. You this know is what? A... I and I don't want to. No, you're good. Make you guys sad. <laughs> telling you what I didn't pick, but I almost picked Personal Shopper. Because um, I think that's like kind of spooky vibes, but this feels like more of a true horror yeah. style. Yeah. Movie, yeah. So. Yeah. 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 Wow. Wow. Oh, this is All a right. good pick. This I is this wait. is kicking off Spooktober. Let's go with watch a it. Bang. The visit. Let's go we'll watch see it. See you guys in a bit. Love right, you, M Night. Bye. How oh, was wow. that for you no, guys? No, no, the deep, no. The deep darkies no, are out. No. Yeah, are those darkies still no, there? Are no, you scared? No. There's one thing this movie did. It made me miss my <sighs> Nana and Pop Pop. Did it really? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. well, we just finished um, The Visit. <laughs> Uh, the laugh should tell you yeah. everything. Eric's laugh should tell you everything. <laughs> Let me give you a, just a quick premise, and we can go around and give our initial thoughts. Uh, so, this is told in a found footage documentary style um, that's shot by two siblings who go to visit their um, estranged grandparents that their mother, Catherine Hahn, has not seen since she was like 19 years old. Mm-hmm. She ran off with uh, an older man. And so now, uh, as these, this kid's, these children's dad has left, and now Catherine Hahn has a new boyfriend, and she's going to go on a cruise. So um, the kids are going to stay at the grandparents and hopefully find out why Catherine Hahn left and why have they have not reconnected and hopefully to reconcile some of that relationship. And it is all told um, via camcorder that the oldest daughter wants to um, kind of be, a, she's an aspiring filmmaker and so wants to kind of tell that story. 
So she has a camera and she gives uh, her younger brother a camera to get some B-roll. So it's kind of told through those two lenses. And it things go wild. <laughs> yeah, These grandparents are crazy. <laughs> um, Understatement. Yeah. So I'd love to get uh, go around, get our thoughts. You know, let's start with uh, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> or you know what? Maybe you form your thoughts real okay, quick. Okay, thank Jared you. Jared has seen you. it. Thank you. And Jared is the uh, local M. Night Shyamalan stan. I am the local M. Night Shyamalan fanboy. I was so disappointed that the Village episode got like 80% erased because I went <laughs> off on how mu- how un- misunderstood M. Night Shyamalan is. But I know. We can talk about Here's that later. You can do you. it now, baby. This is the first viewing I had with an original score. Uh that was live, which was Eric in his glass bottle as he was breathing into it, trying to (laughs) ground himself as he was freaked out over and over again. Bro, that was like my paper bag. In and out, in and out, in and out, baby. I could not handle it. Which cracked me up. Um, Yeah, I love love this movie. I think it's... um, that's probably a top five Shyamalan for me, which, if you know me, that's saying a lot because I think he's got like 10 great movies. Uh, I think it's the peak of found footage. Mm-hmm. I think he uses it in such, I'm sure we'll talk about it later, but such a unique way of both telling the story and getting beautiful composition that doesn't feel too forced, mm-hmm. which must have taken a whole lot of planning. I don't know how he did it. And I think. <laughs> Along with the French. A lot of our uh, listeners don't know this out there. M. Night Shyamalan is one of the most mocked directors, I think, on film bro websites. Yeah. The French freaking love him. They think he's a genius. Really? I think this movie, I know a few of his movies have showed up on like the most well-regarded French magazine, Cahir du Cinema, like their top 10 of the year. Like Lady in the Water was panned in the US and it was one of like their top 10 movies of the year. What? So I still haven't seen that. Yeah, so this is a Shyamalan classic. It's so fun. Have you watched all of his movies? Yeah, I've seen all of them. All of them? Except for his first one, Praying with Anger, I think it's called. Okay. Which actually, anger is a theme in this one. And where does this line up? Uh, visit. <laughs> I mean, I'm a village fanboy first and foremost. Yeah. And then there's like five that are vying for that number two spot, and this is one of them. <laughs> I think Man. it's. I think it's so funny. It's... A lot of scares feel cheap in a lot of movies, and this is doesn't feel cheap. It doesn't go to that gory extreme that I don't like in horror. Mm-hmm. I th- and I think the the camera and storytelling is so interesting. And on the rewatch, the characters, especially the characters you don't expect, actually had a lot of empathy for, which I was not expecting. So even the characters that you're like, these are evil. It's like, no, there's... Mm. Um, interviews with them on first watch that just seem like freaky interviews then you watch it again you're like oh they're like that for a reason anyways i'm not Shyamalan. Mm. about you this is the this is the the epitome of spooktober this actually made my short list for the last two spooktobers we've really? done uh, but really? i didn't want but i didn't want to pay for it so uh. i didn't pick it <laughs> so thank you for uh, renting it on you're amazon welcome. you're welcome phenomenal so hey, anyway can't recommend enough man eric guys I'm in awe <laughs> with how numb I feel. <laughs> wow. No. Welcome to Spooktober, everybody. Yo, what a, what a kickoff. This is 
this is a this is a high tradition for us at, at the film snobs we like our first spooktober we did five films in a row because <laughs> that's how we used to do uh the film snobs we used to watch five movies and then just do one podcast but um and then the second spooktober was so fun i loved that um first spooktober i think in my mind is just like classic i think we watched some really good films on that first one yeah we had a ton of hits double double toil and trouble Stop. starring the at olsen Stop. twins ah, house ah, house house i was the actually Wailing. listening to the house uh, soundtrack yesterday oh, you you? Yeah. <laughs> is that is that a dope soundtrack? cherries were made for eating <laughs> and fish were made to swim in the sea <laughs> i cannot believe you listened to that though. god the wailing the wailing is what i want to capture in my pick like that that, vibe yeah you that can't. vibe it's a one of that a kind of like asian i want to rewatch. Vibe. you could choose pulse i haven't seen pulse so maybe yeah, that... pulse is great uh last time i was told to pick a pick uh it was hausu and Hasu. and in my expectation it was going to be this like epic asian horror movie oh, and i didn't have laughing my ass i didn't know i didn't know laughing my ass off i was like what are we watching let this be our psa anyone listening to spooktober <laughs> if there's one spooktober movie you need to go see it's 1977's house or house <laughs> so good i could you know i didn't know uh, anything about that the film. greatest cat in cinema yeah. i think i think i was reacting more to that film than i was even to this one <laughs> yeah um no, this... Oh, God. Okay. It must be prefaced that I hate jump scares. <laughs> and I um, I hate found footage films because they're always, they're always like using the found footage kind of like thing to their advantage and like pointing it away and then bringing it back and then like pointing it over their shoulder and something sneaking up on them. Oh, God, I hate it. Oh, guys. <laughs> but... That being said, this was very good. I think the premise was pretty incredible. As with most movies, I won't just say Shyamalan movies, but most movies, I, I don't really catch on very quickly. So <laughs> I did not get the twist because there's always some sort of a twist, but I didn't get any of that. Um, you didn't see that coming? No, I didn't see it coming. Didn't even. I was just like fully engaged slash fully wanting it to end. Um, <laughs> <laughs> not in a bad way, just in yeah. a. Uh, I just. Ugh. I I love getting creeped out and hated at the same time. So yeah. it was just a, a dichotomy. But um, no, I think this was phenomenal. Um, I'm still just like reeling. <laughs> what a movie, man! Oh, so wow, Caleb, please just take over. Uh, <laughs> Can't even. Yeah, you know this is this movie <laughs> has been on my radar since it came out, and mm. I wanted to go see it in theaters, but for some reason I didn't. I was in college, but my sister was still in high school at the time, and she went and saw it. Allie went and saw it, mm. and came home, and she's telling me and my dad about it, <laughs> and um, then. She's like, oh, and the twist. And I was like, you know, just tell me the twist. So I knew the twist. But me and my dad were both like, that sounds incredible. (laughs) She told you? Yeah. Yeah, I had her tell me. And so for, you know, the last like seven years, I've been like, oh, should I watch The Visit? I'm like, I guess I know the twist, but still, it's so much fun (laughs) watching this. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I think it does. Uh, jump scares like it's still creepy and 
scary and horror, but uh, I think even M. Night Shyamalan would say that it's not a horror movie, but it's like a psychological thriller. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he'd classify any of his stuff as uh, horror. Horror, yeah. Yeah, and this so wouldn't be a horror movie. It, no. It's creepy. It has like the scary, spooky stuff, but it's not too like um, kitschy or like mainstream with uh, how it does kind of the scary stuff. And I like the found footage. I like the way. <laughs> I don't even know like other found footage stuff. I haven't seen Blair Witch Project, Clo- t- uh, Cloverfield. I don't even know like how they set it up, but I like how they set it up. Like this girl wants to be a filmmaker, mm-hmm. and so that's why she's going. And it already is set up as like she's trying to. Um, the reason they're going is to tell like a compelling story and kind of right. try to reconcile that. So I like how that's set up. So I guess that brings us to the. I guess the first thing I want to discuss is found mm. footage films and mm. kind of we can get into it more about like what, what sets this apart from other found footage and um, mm. how did the way this movie do it, The Visit, um, enhance the viewing experience. I did like what you said where it felt purposeful, right? So whereas you have like Cloverfield where like someone's just carrying around a camera. It's like... Uh, why is this person carrying around a camera? Right. Like, what, what, what's going on here? Versus, like, this kid who's, like, documenting her mom's home and, like, where she swang on a swing and, like, where she snuck out of her room and, like, you know, all these things, like, where it's just, like, there's a reason she's doing this and she she has this, like, deep love of film and so she's, like, you know, she's, she's very much connected to the medium. Mm-hmm. Um... And I, yeah, I, I sometimes don't really understand found footage films where it's, it just, it doesn't make sense why we're coming at it from this perspective. And there definitely was a, t- a time period where found footage films were just like, like taking off. Right. It was like, that was the newest, coolest way to, and it's like really cheap to make as well. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Um, and I didn't watch Blair Witch, uh, which is a famous um, maybe I'll just maybe we'll all just do film footage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, footage. Yeah. Um, but from my understanding of that movie, there was also kind of a purpose as to why they were doing the the film footage stuff. So, um, I feel like that at least needs to be a criteria in my mind. Otherwise, I just get taken out of the whole medium. There's mm-hmm. another found footage film, kind of. It's like half found footage that I love. It's called On the Silver Globe. Oh yeah, and I mean, that's I'm halfway through that right now. It's like oh, really, yeah. <laughs> also, like the premise works because it's like scientists have discovered this new planet in the future and they're documenting it, and it's it's wild. That movie's wild, but I think what sets Why? this one apart is it's hard to explain. You just have an artist behind the camera. Mm. Nothing against most directors. I don't view most directors of horror as like. Just like I don't view most directors of movies as like artists, and I think Shyamalan is. He's someone who every movie he will he'll have every shot um, drawn out before he starts filming. I'm confused. I, I thought it was the kid filming. Uh, oh, the kid filming this whole movie. And I think no, it's not. <laughs> and I mean, and found footage has a easy way in. To thriller because thriller is so premised on the unknown 
Mm-hmm. And when the camera can intentionally only show so much because it's only from the perspective of the camera that the kids have, then the unknown is going to be everywhere. You're going to quit quick shots of grandma crawling, whether it's in the crawl space <laughs> or right. across the hallway. So you're like, I don't have the whole story and it's freaking me out because I'm just seeing little parts and the little yeah. parts I'm seeing are freaky. And it lets your imagination run with what's actually happening and it and it allow like some of the found footage techniques allows the viewer to know yeah but not the the character within the movie eventually yeah which is what's brilliant about it. i think that's very interesting because it's on the counter and it's right or it's in the book or it's in the bookshelf and it's like it's filming stuff that they don't know about and then he does something really smart with it (laughs) whereas he uses it for a comedic advantage right right like with that break uh, that tension T dots like flexing at the camera (laughs) or just like messing with it. It's like, yeah, it's totally what a kid would be doing with it. hundred percent. And I think uh, a lot of it just looks really, it just looks really good. Yeah. I think since she is making a movie. Yeah. That lets him like frame shots because she also wants to frame like Mm. beautiful shots and Mm. wants lighting to be good. And so like that um, shot at the able to look like a movie. Yeah. Yeah. That shot at the train station where she puts the camera down runs towards her grandparents. It's like Mm -hmm. she's going to have to come back and get that camera. Right. But that's an artistic shot. There's still able to be some crap. Her pillow shots are really good. Cause like he can put some, you know what pillow shot is? No, it's a, it started with Ozu. He's a Japanese guy, but it's like where you just show like, nature it's just a still shot of oh yeah the whole scenery to get setting is that and be- like is that in most found footage movies you can't really do that but because she's making a movie mm-hmm. you can do that and i think they're effective why can't you do that in found footage it's just footage yeah but but you're not like intentionally composing like oh i'm gonna get this tree really just shoot, like this yeah get an establishing shot uh, yeah so because she's making a movie it helped him get those establishing shots mm-hmm. i actually think we're really mood setting yeah the shots at <clears throat> dusk were really great with the tree silhouetting yeah. um the foggy shots. Yeah. Do we know what it was shot on? Uh, yeah, it was shot on a Canon C three hundred. Are these like actual Which is a Canon- cameras that she would have been holding, no, or are they a little bit more in, a little right? Bit better. A little, little bit better. Little better. Yeah, these yeah. are like Canon's cinema cameras that not a lot of yeah. movies are really shot on. Like small, um, like short films or independent films are sometimes shot on C three hundreds. But still a cheap camera, so this movie that lent, cheap lent itself. Oh, I would want to say maybe ten thousand dollars. Okay, maybe a little less. <laughs> Why? <laughs> I know nothing about it. I mean, I know I know a cheap camera that you can shoot some really good footage on would be like thirty five hundred. So this is thirty five thousand. Wait. No, Are you no, no, no. Cheap no. or expensive? No, 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 no. Cheap in my mind. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Not actually like. So you being like, oh, it's just a cheap camera. It was like ten grand. I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, For movies, oh, you it's know what? Cheap. No, no, no. And no. that's what I. That's what I'm not aware of. It's like what a cheap. Uh, movie Even cheaper camera. than than that. Oh, really? Um, well. What was it? On, what was it in 2015? Because it was probably I don't know. pretty expensive. Because I think you can buy. I could buy a Canon C300. <laughs> body just the body no lens on autorama right now i don't know what market is but for eight hundred dollars i mean the lenses are like three times yeah depending on yeah but anyway anyway no okay yeah no i was just curious if it was like they were sticking to the to the found footage kind of purity or 
such a brilliant move on Shyamalan's <clears throat> part because, at least in the wider world, he's coming off a couple critical failures. He's coming mm. off Airbender. Which means... Oh not, my God, I literally fell asleep in that film. He's coming off After Earth, which I actually think is pretty good. And The Happening was before that, which I think is brilliant, but people don't understand. The Happening was great. I saw that The Happening is freaking awesome. I've only seen, seen it once. Seen <clears throat> it is so funny. You haven't seen The Happening? I remember watching it like on TV like you know dude that was zoe deschanel like just like bits and pieces but i have no idea what it's, it's about. so funny i forgot zoe deschanel is in that that's amazing yeah but like so he's at a point where he's like i know i'm not going to get a big budget hmm. and so what he does is he's like how can i make a cheap movie keep it contained get a cheap camera because found footage will work for a cheap camera hmm. and he just like foots the bill himself to yeah, make it he paid for it he paid for it so he's so he's i think the reason why this is so good is because he's betting on himself He's putting up his own money so he knows I have to make this artistically interesting and I have to make it commercially viable Right. both at the same time or else I'm going to go broke and not be able to make movies, basically. So he put all the chips on... Yeah, he's putting his on chips on himself, yeah. He, I think, total budget was like $5 million and I'm pretty sure it grossed oh. worldwide 100 mil. No! Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. What? And 5 mil is dirt cheap yeah. for a movie yeah that's like and and especially for Shyamalan where it's like five mil oh okay who directed it Shyamalan what <laughs> like, you're like, like what right he needs his four main actors plus Catherine Hahn <laughs> yep mm-hmm. couple extras a house but it's, the, a, it's a singular environment singular environment premise is solid yep and you can make a good if you're if you're a good director of this kind of movie you can get away with that and it's great yeah Unless that actress was actually on a cruise, in which case this gets a little more pricey. She's like a a Disney cruise. He's like, Catherine, you want to be in the movie? She's like, I'm going to be on a cruise, and he's like, perfect. I'll work it in. I'll work. I'll work with it. Um, Can you imagine? You know what? That kind of him writing, just talking about him writing this and creating this. um, Yeah, makes me think. I, I listened to an interview, and he said that the the two kids are kind of reflections of himself he wrote kind Mm -hmm. of himself into this really but one the girl who's like this filmmaker who one could say like pretentious and like artistic and loves high art and wants to uh make something beautiful and then you also have the brother who's like goofy and fun loving and raps (laughs) and like just wants to do something fun and he's like this is kind of that's him as a filmmaker. Agreed. Um, and so, yeah, what do you guys think about <laughs> I'm that? I'm sorry, do you know him personally? <laughs> no, I've seen all his movies multiple times. Yeah. But um, the goofy side. I, I think that's why people misunderstand him. Hmm. Because he's he's not pretentious enough to be like, oh, I'm super high art, even though it is. And then he's not um, Hollywood comedy enough to be like oh he's a comedian he like rides both lines Mm. and so if you're going into and expecting to laugh all the time Mm. you're going to be turned off when you're not laughing and if you're going and expecting high art all the time you're going to be turned off when the comedic elements come in and it's like his comedy is really odd Mm. i think he's i think he's super odd (laughs) like he's really (laughs) weird which is part of the reason why i love him yeah um at least that's my two cents on it but i think he rides that He's like, I want to keep it fun, but I want the serious moments to hit hard. Mm-hmm. Which they do. Which they do. Do you think he interjects that in most of his films? Almost every one, yeah. I, Almost every one has a moment where I tear up. No, I mean the odd, the oddity. Because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking of The Village, right? And I'm thinking that it has moments of brevity, but like 
they're very period yeah you know it's like it's not like typical humor it's just like it's it's kind of funny it's like hot it's like chuckle funny yeah, I think the village is pretty funny, actually. Really? Yeah. Okay. Like Kitty declaring her love—that's bonkers. Man. That is great. Oh, that, is great. That. that is great. That is great. And she's just like sobbing, like a scene later. Uh, <laughs> oh man! I, oh, well, Jesse Eisenberg the on the stump—that's funny stuff. <laughs> oh. That is so good. That is so good. But uh, he's leaned into the comedy as he's gotten older. Okay. Also, I think. Okay. I, I think that's why the happening threw people off because that's when he really leaned into it. I, no, I just from listening to uh, interviews with him, I think he's just. I love listening to him talk about like his creative process. And, right. Um, I think he's a fascinating person. Mm. Um, yeah. and yeah, I, I think since he has had some that critically haven't done so great lately, I feel like people just kind of tossed him aside. But I think like listening to him in interviews is. I think there's a lot there and mm. people could kind of appreciate him and i'll more. shout out his tv show servant i think it's one of the oh, best yeah. modern tv shows so i was, I was about to say uh, we have we have the visit what comes next i think split after that goes split glass split is next mm-hmm. wasn't that like 18 or something well, that's 20 that's when i was still in college 2016 16 that was 16 16 or 17 yeah, yeah. And then glass, and then old, Wild. which you loved old. I freaking which you loved should. Old. And his new one looks good. Wait, oh, it was knock sp- at the cabin. That it was great. split glass. Split glass. Old. So he did two parts of a three part. Yeah. back to back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so after glass, it was old. Yeah, freaking mm-hmm. love that. We did that on the pod. Yeah. And then after that, uh, there's a movie coming out this year. Oh, that was the last. Year? Oh no, yeah. that was the last thing. Knock at the yeah. cabin. Knock at the cabin. Well, besides his TV, his yeah. TV show came Servant. out when. With Ron Weasley. Oh, it's been out the last couple. There's four. There's three seasons out. Oh, there's the, three seasons. And the last season is coming this like February. So he did that. And then right it's at, ending. He like we had it planned out from the beginning. Four seasons front to back, and we knew where we we're going. So. so he did that right after old, pretty much. Uh, in the middle, it before old probably. Before yeah. old. Mm-hmm. Okay. He doesn't Quinn. direct all the episodes. He directs some of them. His daughter actually directs some of them. Which His is really daughter cool. is getting into uh, it? M. Night's da- daughter. Shana, she, Dowder. She, Dowder. She liked uh, one of our... She liked her village no. posts. She did like our village post. Yeah. We like her. Yeah. I cannot believe... Okay. That deserves a clap yeah. from the snobs because that is... Snappies, snobby snappies. That is literally twelve minutes of content, and she's <laughs> and twenty minutes of us just just talking really? about nothing because I lost most of that episode. I'm so sorry. She's uh, legit. Okay. She's a good director. That's incredible. Yeah. That's so great. Um, I didn't know she directed. That's fun. Jared, you mentioned that <laughs> there's a theme of anger mm. in this. Uh, I wonder if we could expound on that a bit. Anger. Oh. Mm. The last, few, the last lines. There's a few themes in here. The last line is Catherine Hahn saying, "Don't hold on to anger, Becca," because the reason she had an unresolved relationship with her parents is because they had that whole kerfuffle when she left, and there were some slaps that went down. It's like a domestic, domestic incident. Yeah, yeah, and she was unable to forgive her parents. Yeah, and I think she is verbalizing for us at the end what's going on within each of our two protagonists, both the boy and the girl, because they are both struggling with um, whether they think it's manifesting as anger or not. You can see at the end that it obviously does. Hmm. They're struggling with the 
their father leaving them mm. and their own issues are prevalent in different ways in the movie because of that. Do you yeah. guys pick up on that? Like what yeah, they're no. like, cause he kind of like zones in on one thing for each of them. Well, I think, yeah, I think for her, it was that whole conversation that she had with the camera where she was like, and he just left a postcard and left like a postcard. Are yeah. you kidding me? Like that was kind of her. I didn't pick up on the boys. So anger. yeah, you go. Was it the freezing? Was it the freezing? Well, bit? I think where he like froze up on the football field. I don't know like where his anger manifests. I know he has his whole OCD thing. His yeah. germs. Yeah. 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 Cause I think for him, I mean for her right before that, she's upset about <clears throat> all he left was a card. He's got the camera interviewing her saying like, you can't look at yourself in the mirror. That was the other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like your, your um, body image basically is off because you don't have a dad who's affirmed you as a human. And for you, it's manifesting physical. And then for him, um, he messed up in the football game because mm-hmm. he froze. He couldn't control that. And his dad left after that. Mm. And so he's thinking, I'm not good enough. Um, which somehow for him manifests in some, I'm not clean enough. So he's like, I have to always be physically clean. Like any germs are. When she said her, his counselor or psychologist or whatever said, like they said, it's because it's the only thing he can control. Like Mm -hmm. he or he believes that's the only thing he can control is like, I can clean everything. I can, I can stay clean. And like, that'll be my, like my way of having some sort of control Control. over my life. Yeah. And then here's the brilliance of Shyamalan visually where he's not just presenting it with words, but like how do each of them quote unquote kill (laughs) the grandparents at the end, right? She's got the the camera. She's got the camera. She's looking at the mirror with her eyes closed as grandma's coming behind her. And eventually Mm. she opens her eyes Oh, and looks yeah. at herself for the first time. Mm. Uh, head gets smashed into the mirror, and she actually kills the grandma with the mirror. Yeah, yeah. like the thing that's been holding her back. Yeah. And then for the kid, right? He's got this freezing thing, and he eventually unfreezes. Yeah. And just tackles the guy, and you can tell control is anger for him after that because you can hear him yelling at himself like, "Hips, wrap him, wrap him." He's yeah. so angry at himself for not being good enough at football and not getting the approval of his dad. Yeah. And he's like just letting it all out in a rage in that one moment. It's it kind of makes me tear up. It's so stupid. Like the story early in the movie, I'm like the first time I watched it, I'm like that's kind of stupid. And then at the end I'm like it's so effective. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because like even at the end of the movie where he's just standing there, I'm like what the hell is happening? Why isn't he moving? Mm-hmm. Even when he's when even when he has germs put on him, it's like he doesn't freak out. He just still stands there, and I'm like, "What the hell is he doing?" And it literally had to, like this is how <laughs> clueless I was. So I she, literally had to be like, "What the hell's going on?" And I was like, "Oh, he's freezing up." And I'm like, "Oh, of course he is!" <laughs> like this has been a theme for him. Yeah. So it's like Shyamalan's. That's why he's really smart, I think, because he's mm. like. Here's problem kids deal with yeah. when a, a parent leaves or there's a divorce or something. And he's like, how can I visualize those? Mm. And he chooses germs and a mirror, like things that you can actually right. physically visualize as a filmmaker to get to the heart of 
the issues they're dealing mm-hmm. with. And sometimes I think the most effective way that filmmakers can do that is what is the extreme? You know, go yeah. to go to the extreme. Yeah, yeah. It is the most extreme that it is able to be fully visualized. And yeah, you you're really really getting you you could almost break it down where it's like these this is how extreme these things are affecting these kids on the inside. This external thing that's happening with these psychopathic <laughs> old people is the internal turmoil that these kids are dealing with this uh, this abandonment. Yeah. And, and so he's like, it's not a small thing. Because if you break it down, you could say, a dad left some kids. I mean, that's it, right? Yeah. But yeah. inside is this murder house of freezing and inability to to see yourself as beautiful and um needing affirmation and just like it's almost like Shyamalan could have been like and like that was all happening in their head like that was basically what we were watching was like this internal turmoil and everyone in that it situation was pretty great. has to find a way to forgive their the person who left them at some yeah point. even the mom at the end even the mom she yeah. never did yeah. Mm, 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 mm. You know, after the girl kills the grandma, <laughs> like <laughs> brutal. <laughs> uh, she. Oh yeah. She, uh, then, she stabs her in the neck with part of a mirror. Yeah. By the way. Like she multiple times. She goes to uh, get out of the room, and the only way she can get out is she uses the video camera to break the lock. Yeah. Do you think that M. Not Shyamalan is saying that the only way to escape and to break free of his inner demons is you by using? Think? video and film what? to break through wow <laughs> <laughs> no i don't think so gail no okay it's a, stretch. For, it's a stretch he's probably saying for him it helped Ooh. i bet you he's saying for him it helped yeah you think this was this, Shyamalan working his own internal demons his, out? his inner demons uh probably are, somewhat yeah he finds some sense of freedom through the expression uh, of the uh, video medium. Do you think Shyamalan, at one point when he was young filmmaker, he froze, you know, because everyone else was telling him that he couldn't do it. And he just, it was inaction that froze him. And it was his physical appearance that caused people to be like, you you can't be a good filmmaker. Oh, Maybe. The, the physical, there might be some race stuff. The physical appearance, 100%. Yeah. Being like the only Indian American director yeah. that was making a splash, totally. I mean, I can see the the especially if he's you said the interview, he's kind of drawing some things out here and and it's a it's a it's an actual kind of like medium a representation of kind of like what he was actually going through. You can extrapolate that those are those are some of the things that he was absolutely dealing with. Do you think he is trying to forgive Hollywood? It was a movie about Shyamalan forgiving Hollywood. Those um, old fuddy-duddies who live on Saturnalia or whatever. Uh, um, yeah, you know what? Speaking of that, the grandma's story. Because we find out, she, she tells that story and we're like, that's weird. And then you find out that she like put her kids in a suitcase and threw them yeah. into the river <clears throat> and killed her kids. And um, I didn't hear that part in the movie. Really? The, de- the grandpa said that. Yeah, but it was, uh, also, it was also when... It was also when you all were freaking- literally was going down okay and i was like it's what you, is going on because you were too busy trying to make your glass bottle of recorder i wonder don't mess with <laughs> i was thinking so you know that new jeffrey Dahmer show came out 
Yeah. Oh, okay. There's like nine shows, but I, I know, know the one Nick you're talking. Uh, I know the one you're talking. Did he? I watched the first two episodes. It's pretty yep. good, but okay. I'm like, man, like, I feel like these shows are painting these serial killers and um, cannibals as like horrible monsters which what they did was horrible oh did you uh think they weren't what they did was horribly monstrous (laughs) but also i'm thinking like is there a way yeah for a filmmaker to at least get the audience to empathize with someone as like evil as this like, you think that's it, the task? No, I don't think that's the task for everything like, about this. But I'm like, is there a way guy? to just be like, instead of like, I feel like people just get off on like, oh yeah, let's demonize this person and this is they did disgusting, horrible things, and I just want to like, get my fill of that. But rather, I mean like, man, this guy was a real person who had real psychological issues and. Dude, like try to get some empathy and compassion for them. The opposite. People are, <laughs> I know, like deifying serial killers. Right. It, it's in, like the culture that is like making these people into like almost heroes and making TV shows about them and like it, dissecting their brains because it's so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, there's parts of this skin that can be fascinating, but guys, we are going way over the top right. on like how we're treating people who are ultimately taking yeah, life. Yeah, don't like uh you know glorify them but i would it's a way to but yeah, i think that's still, what hollywood is doing human beings yeah so i wonder like for the, for the grandparents yeah. is that, like yeah what way can we like at least be because they were from an insane asylum yeah. okay snobby spoilies these grandparents turns yeah. out were not the real grandparents <laughs> no uh, that they, twist they show was epic they're skyping the such mom such a good twist such a good and twist. they're like hey uh the grandparents are outside and they like point the camera towards uh yeah. the grandparents and Catherine hans like those aren't your grandparents she's like who are those people have you been with them all week like yeah, yeah. those are and then she calls the cops on the skype phone and, yeah. call, and then you're just like do poor kids her mom is freaking out right. and like doing it on the call they're probably freaking out too yeah. i think this movie on rewatch does a better than average job of empathizing with our antagonists mm-hmm. and i think it happens in a couple ways um, especially when she's sitting down to interview uh, Nana. Mm-hmm. The second time? Both time? times. Both times. Both times um, she's trying to get the story. So our girl filmmaker is trying to get the grandma to tell the story about what went wrong with the mother. So the girl filmmaker is referring to her as mom. And I'm wondering in my head when gr- Nana's hearing that, she's thinking about her mother. Mm. And so when she's thinking about like forgiving mom and all of that, she never felt that as a child. Cause like her reaction is somewhat ambiguous. You don't know exactly what she's thinking, but you know mm. that just those words, mom, whether it's from her killing her kids or from her not being loved as a child. Cause later she says, if you're the mother, what would you say? And she said, I forgive you, mm-hmm. which you makes you think the Nana wants forgiveness. Yeah. And then the nun also wants to forgive the children that she killed. Mm. Um, but she just, her mind literally can't do it. I feel a lot of empathy for her. And then the dad too with, he had a little story about how the people at the factory made fun of him because he saw this ghost flying around. Yeah. And then no one ever talked to him after that. Yeah. 
So he's probably angry at all the people who never talked to him after that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like both of these are people with mental illness mm-hmm. that have been cast out. And so because people didn't treat them fairly, they're going crazier. Mm-hmm. Which is why they wanted to create this perfect family for a week. You kind of feel for them. Like, they yeah. just wanted a perfect family week because they've never had that. Because the the original grandparents used to go to the insane asylum and, like, talk to them. And they're like, they spoke so highly of you. We yeah. just wanted to experience this. And so, um, mm. I think of it almost uh, like Adrian Brody. Or no. Yeah, Adrian Brody didn't. Yeah, he, in the village. He killed Joaquin. Yeah. Well, didn't, but tried tried how did that all go down remember, remember she went and got the medicine and yeah at oh, the end right. he gets he oh, gets right. ambiguously saved like yeah. we don't fully know but we're but it's we're like, led to assume it's like he didn't know what he was doing no no he didn't and you kind of like you yeah you feel bad for him a little bit yeah yeah um, I, I feel that with these two yeah i did in the first time i was just like they're nuts and then yeah. you watch again you're like oh yeah, it's gonna yeah. take a rewatch for me, bud. <laughs> You're like that's a no. That's a no for <laughs> me, dog. It's definitely a no for me, dog. Have the knife. <laughs> it's gonna be a no. Yeah. Uh, God. Yeah. That's wow. Wild. Um, favorite shots. I really liked the shot. I only noticed it at the end, but there was a secular shot. So one of the first shots, um, the shot that I mentioned, where they're on the bridge of the train and they put the camera down and they run towards the grandparents. Mm-hmm. That happens at the end of the movie. Where they put the camera down and they run and they run towards their mom mm. at the at the at the cop car. Nice. And it's like a it's a full circle shot. So I, I think I, I I really appreciate those shots because even if it's short, even if it's brief, it denotes an intentionality mm-hmm. through a through line. And I love I love that. I love that it wasn't all just kind of stumbled upon. So yeah. I think that was I think that was very intentional. I thought that goes very good. Um, I probably have another favorite shot, but I can't think of anything. I mean, I'm thematically with the girl standing in front of the mirror and that whole sequence of her then like mm-hmm. killing the grandma with the shard of glass. Mm-hmm. There's also, I mean, and also them underneath the house is just great. God, what a sequence. Yeah. That was my first instance of like, oh, this is this kind of movie. Oh, no. Yeah. I'm in for it now. And I also really uh. like, I thought it was so funny when they're playing Yahtzee in the pop pop had an accident and stood up and walks off and she just she just starts like munching cookies in the most bizarre it's like, way it's so wild and then she throws a yahtzee and she's just like like cocaine powder it's mouth like, just like <laughs> yahtzee it's like oh i think that my shot God. is so funny yeah that's it's funny and horror all funny and yeah <laughs> disturbing all at the same time hmm. i like the uh mm. there are a couple like I don't know if you would call it callbacks to horror, but where it like got kind of like kitschy horror hmm. where she like is under the um, bed sheet and rises up and yeah. just looks like a ghost. I think <laughs> yeah. that's fun. Yeah. I like when she walks into the room hearing the grandma laughing and she's in the rocking chair. It's kind of like psycho-esque. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think uh, I, I did listen to an interview with M. Night Shyamalan and he said that okay. was actually based off an Andrew Wyeth painting. Oh. Um, but still kind of gives off the, yeah. those psycho vibes yeah um, interesting. so i like stuff like that i thought that was fun mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the deep darkies man don't get those deep darkies, don't get the deep darkies. <laughs> if you guys could be any animal what would you be a grizzly, grizzly bear, bear. <laughs> a dolphin because it's intuitive and intelligent and majestic <laughs> and i didn't have that answer prepared ahead of time 
for my documentary that is supposed to be real life. <laughs> Did her brother have uh, an animal? I don't think she asked. I don't. Him I don't think he had an animal. Was. Yeah, I felt that so like just trying to get people comfortable on camera. Yeah, and it's just like, yeah. So <laughs> did you feel it difficult. as a filmmaker? Yeah, like, I wouldn't say like a filmmaker, but as like someone who come on, Kale. shoots. Don't be modest. People shoots people on, <laughs> films people for my job. I'm like oh, okay, yeah, trying to get people to relax on camera and it's tough. asking them like preliminary questions, like yeah, what kind of meal would you be? What do you have for breakfast? Uh, and just kind of talking like that so let's I, I talk about that. your mother yeah <laughs> right after that's yeah. what i'll ask next time i get someone your mom's on. still alive yeah <laughs> do you forgive her you forgive do you your mother forgive, do you, you forgive, forgive your mother i forgive you little one <laughs> um okay yeah i don't i i mean some of like we talked about some of the b-roll stuff uh was pretty beautiful i liked yeah. i liked the property they were on but yeah yeah uh, m night Shyamalan's uh home state he yeah. always films in pa if, I like that. If it's, you know, not location specific, like old. Yeah, it's cool. Gives props to where he comes from. His, His roots. roots. His roots. I got no roots. I mean, who else is making a bunch of movies in PA? It's a cool Nobody. thing he's doing there. Nobody. Everyone features like LA or New York or Chicago. I'm always like, man, if we could like hole up in Buena Vista or something and just start cranking out movies oh, in the wilderness. 100%. Well, let's like, do it. They're so, they're so committed to being in California and like the couple states that give tax breaks. And I'm like, if you come to Colorado, we can make beautiful Shoot movies me? outdoors. Did you guys see the the uh, the announcement that like the, the old uh, coal mine, the steel or um, steam plant? Like off the highway. Yeah. They gave this thing where it was like, hey, it's officially decommissioned. What should we do with it? Kind of like inquiry to like the public. And and I was like 100%. I was like, film location. That would be for real. So oh, great. I'm looking It'd be right dope. Now. Holy crap. I'm that would be amazing. For an industrial warehouse to shoot something in. I mean, and right? I'm like looking around town, I can't it find It would be anything. so good. Oh, you could use that for all kinds of stuff. So much stuff. I'm like, don't tear this James down. James Bond please. would film there. Yeah. <laughs> um... Yeah. So in this interview I listened to, mm-hmm. Mr. Shyamalan mm-hmm. said that since he f- like footed the bill for the movie, yeah. um, like he had pretty much say, and so the studio couldn't really like shut down anything because it was his money. Right. And he said there was one shot where if it were up to a studio, they would have been like, "No way, no way, you're doing that." But he didn't say which one. Which shot do you think it was? Oh, I Grandma thoughts. scratching on the wall. Uh, I, I don't know. See, I don't. I don't know. I have so a thought. We, let's. Spe- so, so it's my in thought the, so is hold on. But it's in. It's in the film. It's in the film. He said that if it were up to a studio, they would have said like, "No, that's too much for audience." But then he said, "But that's the one that audiences love the most. That they go crazy." About. I think it's diaper in the face. I think it's diaper in the face too. Ooh, you're hundred percent you, right. You freaked out more than any other moment in the movie <laughs> when it was diaper in Dude, the face. That is, it's got to be it. Chilling, yeah. and especially because like in most movies, he puts it. He, he shoves it towards his face and they cut a second before, but he cuts a second after. Yeah. It's like, you see it hit his face and you yeah. see it connect and then it cuts and it's like, oh my, it's like that whole thing where like someone gets stabbed in the eye and they cut right before it stabs the yeah. eye and you don't expect it to actually see 
the knife go into the eye and it was it was like that where it was like oh i did not expect to see that in his face god that sucked that was terrible that's the beauty of man that made me cringe that's the beauty of him footing his own bill because he's not just doing it for self-indulgence at that Mm -hmm. point Mm -hmm. because he has to make money off of it if he's putting in five mil right yeah where like a lot of directors are like it needs to for artistic statement but he actually has no economic risk involved with it except for the future except for his own money depends on the movie a lot of directors just get paid to make it and then they don't get box yeah, office percentage he's not getting paid to make it i know that's why Shyamalan's genius because he he's can say getting... like no studio i think the audience is gonna like that and i'm putting my money on i like it and the audience liking it and then it and then it happens yeah but did he make okay i'm not, i'm confused if did he make a lot of money on his on his previous flops like did after earth make money did i bet probably it still made money let's go let's look up after earth after I earth might that, not have made i bet money. that cost a lot to make um, Airbender, with, especially with father son duo. Airbender is better if you watch it in a different language and put on subtitles. Oh my! It is to this day one, possibly two, if I scratch my brain hard enough, movies that I have fallen asleep at in a theater. Wow! I have never fallen asleep in a th- like because like you just don't do that. All right, our time for our time for trashing M Night Shyamalan is over. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, no, after I, I declare it cost one hundred and thirty million dollars, yeah. and it made a two hundred and forty-three. Wait, million. which movie are we talking about? After so it still made okay. some money. Yeah, I did. Uh, did you have any like additional segments that you want to talk about? Um, talk oh, I just wanted to say that the I thought the two actors were great. Both us, the uh, phenomenal. Both, both the boy and girl, Australian. Yeah, they're great. What? Yeah, and I thought they did both did a phenomenal job. Because wow. he could have been the uncomfortable annoying, mm-hmm. but he played the annoying for humor, mm-hmm. which I think is a tough, tough gig. But, but not too annoying. Like I liked yeah. that kid. Oh, I loved him. Yeah, he he had charm. I think I think he had enough charm where you were like, this kid is just like he's a dweeb, total dweeb. Yeah. And the the I don't know who those grandparents were, but they're great too. They were good. Oh man, and it must be Catherine Hahn week for me. I, Alexi wanted to watch How to Lose a Guy in Ten Days. Oh, really? She's in that last week, and I she's in that. that. And that movie is one of the better rom coms in the world. Have you not seen it? I'd seen it on t- like parts of it on TV a long time ago, but front to back, it's pretty funny. Oh, ten Things I Hate About You. I love that movie. The t- I, I'm, a I'm a for ten rom coms. I'm more of a How to Lose a Guy in Ten Gay- Days. Kind of guy. <laughs> um, no, yeah, that's anyway. Yeah, she's she, Catherine she, Hahn's great. She's in a lot of stuff. Yeah, a lot of stuff. I really like her. Um, I wanted to give Jared oh. a little bit of time okay. to gush, 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 gush on M. Night Shyamalan because that bit got cut out of the village. Mm. Basically, every bit got cut out of the village. <laughs> yeah, I had a whole bit prepared for the village, so this will be off the top of my head. Yeah. M. Night Shyamalan is one of the top five greatest American directors of the 21st century. Five. Let me tell you why. He's been doing it since like the late 90s and he's probably got an over 80 percent hit rate on the movie being great in my opinion Let oh me in list your opinion? the great ones you've got uh the village signs unbreakable easily uh lady in the water the mm. happening the visit class split did you say class glass, glass. oh sorry my bad. split um mm-hmm. the visit oh wait not the visit Please. um old 
There's nine right there. Did you put old super last? Well, because it's that. Well, I didn't put <laughs> them in reason. order. I was just trying to go. Oh, somewhere. okay. All right. Yeah. But it's like, how many other directors do you know that have put out nine great movies in the 21st century? I mean, Quentin Tarantino. No, he hasn't. He hasn't even. <laughs> he he's made nine movies, and half of those are in the 90s. Um, uh, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't understand. I think he was easy bait because he was Indian American. Underdog. Underdog. Uh, he did that thing of trying to be comedic and people didn't understand his humor. Mm-hmm. And I think we've talked, we talked about it with Cyrano too. One thing he does that American culture was especially not ready for in the late 2000s, which I think they're more ready for now, is pure unadulterated sentimentality. We grew up in the mm-hmm. age of, not grew up, but he operated in the age of the rise of the superhero movie where irony and quips were what people were looking for. Mm. And I think he wears his heart on his sleeve constantly. And a lot of people are uncomfortable with that. Yeah. And then I think his, I don't know how to fully peg it. I think his directing is so one of a kind that it doesn't feel familiar and people are uncomfortable with his choices as a director, where the French aren't, because they're like, if it's different, we're in. Um, <laughs> and you think that's why they like it. And then so people much. love ragging on a twist. And I think the majority of Shyamalan's movies work better once you know the twist. They're always like, the twist sucked. And it's like, it's not about the twist. Mm. The village isn't about the twist, it's mm. about a romantic relationship and someone giving everything they have to save someone they love. And you like, know, science isn't about the twist. It's about having faith again in a life where it feels like you have no reason to live because you've lost everything. And like when you understand the heart of his movies, then the genre is just a means to an end to get there. And that's the same with The Visit. The genre is a means to an end to say, you need to have a forgiving heart. You need to not live with anger. And if you let go of that, you can be a more secure, confident person. Yeah. it's And you can be content with your life. It's like, and the and the twist almost makes the the movie doubly interesting the second time you watch huge. it. Huge. Yeah, which I think is so interesting. It's like, oh, I know the twist already, but he makes a movie where the twist informs the second viewing and you're able to watch it through that lens and you're like, wow. Which is exactly what Hitchcock did. What it, yeah. Yeah. Which it is, is what Hitchcock which is what is. Phantom Thread is. You would you would compare him to Hitchcock? Uh yeah. Well, somewhat. Somewhat. Yeah. He's kind of a weird blend of like the American greats and then like the greats of Japanese and Indian filmmaking, in my opinion, and then modernizing all of those things. He definitely follows Hitchcock in following a theme of type of film. Like Hitchcock didn't make a superhero movie. He made like interesting thriller type movies. And I think Shyamalan does the same thing. He's got the most, like if you look front to back, his premises, he has so many interesting premises for a movie. Which makes him an easy target because you're like, oh, it's just the premise. And it's like, no, it's more than that. Hmm. In 20 years, we'll look back and be like, oh, yeah, they got him wrong for a little bit. He's one of the greats. He's one of the, I, th- I think he's one of the greats of the 21st century, personally. That's a high claim. Top five of the 21st Top century? Top five American. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he just, he rarely misses. And he pumps them out. I think the general public in has influenced in my mind that he's missed the general public has ripped him to shreds because i heard so much flack on lady in the water and it's one of the reasons why i've never even seen it french freaking love it i think it's a masterpiece 
Yeah. I even I I have still haven't seen it. I'm not opposed to it, but it's one of the reasons why I haven't seen it. It's because people are like, "Oh my god, that was crap. That was terrible." It's so good. Right. And I think and there's there's kind of the intangibles visually that I think artists have like Terrence Malick, explain why it's good. It's just like I look at it and it's good. Well, it's beautiful. And I think I think yeah. Shyamalan has that which I think people will catch up. The French the French agree with me. I don't know. Maybe I'm more French. Maybe I'm more French and American. Who knows? Anyways, I'll stop gushing on him. Yeah. If you have nine to 10 great movies in a 20 year span, you're one of the greats. Even like who, how many people have 10 great movies? I was going to say there are, there are a few, but I would, I would probably put Spielberg up there. Oh yeah. So, I mean, he's, he's one of the few that I would say, but, um, maybe Nolan, but I don't think he has nine. No. He doesn't. Right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, right? It's like he's been, con- in my mind, he's been consistent over 20 years to put out that many great movies. Right. Like even if they're like they're not all my favorite movie ever, but they're great. Yeah. Kind of like Hitchcock. Yeah. Hmm. Great. Guys. I'll, I'll stop. Sorry. <laughs> no, um, no. 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 Night Shyamalan, <laughs> you're you're underrated, and we're trying to give you your due, just like we want to give Andrew Dominic and Blonde its due. All you blonde haters wow. out there, you do not understand. They don't what this movie's about, and one day we'll talk about it on Pod, and I'll defend that movie like crazy. What'd you think, Gilb? Yeah, uh, I haven't seen Blonde yet. Oh, you haven't seen it yet? No. Oh. Uh, but Andrew Dominic is always welcome on here. M Night Shyamalan, hundred percent, is always welcome on here. M yes. Night Shyamalan's daughter, please, you are welcome on here. That is also. Um, I think this had the same cinematographer as Creed. So Maurice Alberti, you've been a double cinematographer. Is yeah. it visit? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Wow, 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 wow. Thought the kid was shooting the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that's phenomenal. That does it. That does it. Eric, do you have your pick yet? No. We, well, we don't announce at the end anyway. Yeah, but do you have it? Guys, I don't. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks for Spooktober Part 1. Oh, hey, you know, you know what we missed? Witch. We did, yeah, a witch. <laughs> we, we missed your monologue. Oh, I should. Do you have a monologue? No, I did one for the first Spooktober, though. Oh, that's right. If you do a monologue, I'll have and one, you re- and you record, I'll record it. Record one, and I'll send it to you. I'll, I will include it. Oh, this oh, airs. This pod- I'm not going to include this. This again. podcast airs on a Monday. This Thursday, we're going to be at Kimball's Peak Three Peak Three Theater at yep. 7 p.m. Yep. To watch the Night of the Hunter, the, yep. the Spooktober classic of all time. You are all invited. You're all invited. You're invited by all this, your friends. You're invited. Ten bucks. We're going to have a good old time. Cheap movie and a amazing live, time. live podcast after with with the special board, guest Warren Epstein, board chairman of Downtown Colorado Springs, Can former entertainment it? editor for the Gazette. He is on screen at Kimball's. Yeah, yeah. how exciting was that? So join us. Please. How exciting is that? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that was said so dry. <laughs> it is exciting. exciting. All right. Well, bye. See you guys. <laughs> we didn't even talk about how spooked we were.